What what does AITA mean? Am I the asshole? Oh. I mean there's your cold open right there. Bienvenidos al episodio número. Episodio we actually. We don't we don't keep track anymore. And on no. that note, uh, welcome everyone to the first <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dad is Dad is away. He is on a uh, well deserved vacation. Uh, doing what? I don't know. Um, he's uh, what's that book? Um, where all the where all the wild things are, right? Is that, is that what it's called? Where the yeah, wild things that are. That is a book. That's the book, right? It, it, it's a book. It's okay, a book. Yeah, he's he's literally yeah. where all the wild things are, and they meet the 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 essence of the Mississippi River. So. I just I just think it's. I mean, we don't really know if. I mean, I was on vacation, and now Wes is on vacation. You haven't really seen the two of us in the same room together for a while. Are we the same person? Whatever. Wait, wait, Rodrigo, you're trying to say that Wes is somewhere getting his wild rumpus on? I mean, I it is nature. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> I, I believe I believe Wes's wild oats have been sown a long time ago. Uh, so, yeah, welcome everyone. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got a ton of matches coming up in this last stretch of the of the season. Um, let me let's just get into it. Uh, let's talk some good. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team beats Francisco Calvo FC uh, in World Cup qualifiers. We are currently sitting in second, just behind Mexico. Um, and I think, people are still upset over that. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I mean, I mean, you figured you get a bunch of young twenty-year-olds, you know, really young kids that you know you're gonna go, you're gonna struggle, right? Yeah, but you're in second, you're in second place of qualifying. Stop like, your, stop like your whining, like like healthily in second place. So yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, we got we have two more two more matches in the November window. I think that'll give us a good idea where we're going to be going in the spring, but I mean, we're, we're very much, you know, points per game, you know, the, the number I saw was we're going to need about 24 points to, to qualify and we're well on track to get there. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's, it was nice that we could rotate a bunch of players in and out. I think Greg Berkhalter made some interesting decisions that we're not going to debate here, but, in in general, I think we liked what we saw. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how we stack up against Mexico. Um, and we'll go from there. Um, another good that we have this week, uh, Portland Thorns uh, capture the NWSL Shield. Uh, good for them. Um, you know, we're here for the players. They did a great job. They're a killer team. Tons of talent. I don't know. Anybody else got anything to say on this one? I mean, they moved the um, there's a tournament or the final from Portland all the way. Not, I think it's in is in Louisville or is it? Yeah, no, that is great because yeah. I mean, yeah. that was basically was now they ha- they'll have a noon. The players playing it will have a noon start as opposed to a nine a.m. start local time, so, which is much more. Uh, you know, it, it it's a lot easier to play at noon than it is to play right away in the morning. So good on them. And honestly, the best part about that move is just how with everything that's happened, the player's ability to flex their muscle and just showing the strength they have in the like decision-making process now to hold the league accountable, which is a good sign. And hopefully there's so much more of it going forward. And that would be just kind of the beginning of holding the league accountable and being more having the league answer to the players more than to the sponsors and themselves. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, some bads, uh, Newcastle joins the, uh, the, uh, petrol super league, uh, ownership group. Um, you know, I, I know that the, the premier league has blocked all of their corporate sponsorships or all the other, the, all the other clubs voted to block all of their corporate sponsorships. Um, Great. it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. It's, it's uh, going to be fun being a Newcastle United fan <laughs> sitting in what 19th spot. 19th place, right? Yeah. It's going to be great when they, uh, when they, when they uh, trigger, who was it in Barcelona who has a $1 billion release clause now? Is it, uh, it's not Ansu Fati. Is, 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 is it, um, it's not Gareth. Uh, is, is it? 
I think Patriot. I guess it's one of the it's one of the two of them of the of the young kids. They have a one billion dollar release clause, and it's just Newcastle's going to be in the championship. The right. EFL <laughs> trigger this kid's billion dollar clause. You, you're going to. I can't wait till I can't wait till they bring over. Um, um, oh, geez, um, the buddy for the Atlanta United buddy. God, I can't believe. Um, Oh, um, Martinez, Joseph Martinez. Yes, thank you. So they can do the the famous uh, Dragon Ball Z yeah. uh, goal celebration, yep. and I can't mm-hmm. wait till Pepe comes over for like forty five trillion dollars. And yeah, it's gonna it's literally just right. throw all the cash at it. And then Steve um, Bruce is just gonna you know they're gonna <laughs> give him a GM job, and then they're gonna bring in in like I don't know they they're, go, they're going to find like some third league guy you know like uh, Swiss league manager and just make him manager for the cheapest and then they're just going to they're just going to throw a bunch of crap on the wall and it's just let's hope it sticks i just i just want them to give uh steve bruce the saudi version of the maradona throne when he was coaching (laughs) just have steve bruce just sitting on the sidelines um let's see uh el salvador has been fined by was it uh concacaf fifa was it was it everyone fifa that sounds about right. We're going to, it's, you know, it was on the internet. We're going to say it's true. Uh, we did our research and uh, they were fined and they have to play a match without fans uh, because they were using, fans were using lasers during the match, right? Yeah, laser pointers, pointers and also just the amount of stuff they were throwing um, yeah. onto the field. And I believe it was, was, was this from the U.S.? I think it's from the U.S. Yeah. game. Yeah. So there could be more coming. Yep. So It'd be great I if they uh, did some of that to Mexico, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, why even bother to find or you know play anything behind closed doors? Mexico is just going to make the women's team take it. Yeah, be like, fine, you guys don't have to. You guys, we got fined, so you guys don't get a coach for next year. Is would be the Mexican team response. Uh, uh, we got some, we got some good weirds this week. Uh, a standful of, uh, I'm going to hopefully pronounce this one correctly, but a stand, a standful of Dutch club Vitesse fans collapsed while they were celebrating their win. Luckily, no one was injured, but uh, the video went around on our Slack uh, Patreon subscriber channel. Um, the best part was after the the tier collapsed a little bit. Again, no one was injured. They all were kind of stunned for about three seconds, and then they just started chanting and cheering again. And it was it was. Uh, just delightful. Just, um, but you see the players, like the players, like don't even miss a beat. Yeah, the the, the thing kind of caves in, and they're still they're still like waving their hands at them to to get louder and stuff. And you're like, it's like that's just like that part of the stadium caved in, and the, it's like it's like yeah, yeah. It and, right. and to be clear, like it was it was maybe maybe ten feet off the ground. Right. It was a pretty low low level, and it was only like two or three rows of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. So it it was. I mean, still the structural integrity of some of those stadiums are just like woof. Um, oh, wait, wait, stop! <laughs> to bathe himself in glory, <laughs> Rodrigo needs to do this headline. Yeah, I think I think Rodrigo needs to um, to give us this one. Um. So apparently, uh, Gerard Piquet, aka um, um, Shakira number one. Um, <laughs> Uh, funded this uh, balloon the or World Cup. So, if, has anyone's ever played like uh, keep it uh, keepy uppy with uh, with the balloon? Childhood has some version of this game, right? Well, I mean, it's it's become more acceptable now because uh, there's a there's a Australian show called Bluey, and that's one of the games that they play all the time. And so, you, you, there's a scenario where like you're in this encased like area where like they have obstacles like a car and couches and your whole point is that you have to try to keep the balloon up and then try to make sure that the other when it's, when the other person's trying to get it like it, it touches the ground right you can't spike it but you gotta be able to place it where they can't get it and apparently it was Peru versus Germany in the final oh man and Peru won there you go so Peru wins the first balloon World Cup, or or as they call it, the balloon the or, um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean it's it's great news. I'm pretty sure that we we were going to throw a parade of balloons as well too, 
and just 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 make sure that it's 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 a great happening spot somewhere in Lima. I, I really want to see Alexi Gomez play that game and just see how high he would end up punting those balloons. Somehow the balloon just leaves the enclosed space. <laughs> it, it defies physics. He somehow leaves, gets a balloon to leave an enclosed space. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too really ver- well versed in this new uh, uh, Olympic sport that it's going to be within like the next four years. Yeah. But I do want to know the rules because I want to know what happens if you like kick the balloon or if you pop the balloon. How much of a penalty do you get? Like, I have so many questions. So I'm, I'm oh. going to reach out to Gerard Piquet and Shakira. I'm going to tag them on Twitter. And I just want to be able to have a sit-down interview exclusive for our for our Patreon subscribers. So There you go. We're looking forward to it. It'll be the, the first part in our investigative long-form narrative uh, podcast series. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're no, no sad marimba music cues on this one. Speaking of music breaks, uh, we're going to take a quick break and... Uh, And uh, we'll be right back with some uh, team news. All right, welcome back to the 551 podcast. Uh, Dad is away. The kids are here to play. Um, I'm not going to rhyme another word with that. Uh, Let's jump right into Minnesota United news and uh, some watches as well. Uh, Tyler Miller named to uh, MLS uh, man of the match starting 11 following the shutout win against Austin FC this last week. Uh, Interestingly enough, Tyler Miller currently has one fewer, one less. Wes will tell us what the the, the proper word is in this scenario. He has a PhD in books. He does. um, Paperbacks. Um, (laughs) They are lighter and much I mean, they make much more sense. Like, the, the, why would why do you want to carry something that's even heavier than it needs to be? You know, um, that's that's for our emotional burdens. Uh, Tyler Miller currently has one fewer clean sheet than Vito Manoni did in t- 2019, and we still have five more matches to play as of this taping. Uh, and that was the season that Vito Manoni won uh, goalkeeper of the year. So, uh, Tyler Miller, uh, props. Um, Mark, we actually have. A decent amount of stuff in the we, notes for the watches. Uh, we have two watches going on. Let's uh, so, talk us through it. All right. The first one, um, Kervin Ariaga. Ariaga? Ariaga. Uh, he, we talked about him last week. He's a 23-year-old from Honduras. He uh, Apparently, we're still looking at him. Uh, but he played the full 90 in all three of Honduras' uh, World Cup qualifying matches during this last window last week. And he was really good. Um, every, like going to like uh foot mod, Bob, uh, he basically like his player ratings, like he outplayed the average of his team and actually, um, against Costa Rica, uh, he was the man of the match for Honduras. Like you did amazingly well. He had an 8.1 player rating and the other two matches, he was pretty close to about a seven, uh, 0.0 player rating. So yeah, he was really good. And Looking solid for the national team, even though the national team, you know, drew one and lost two, but he was at least good in those matches. We he, this so remind me because I've been uh, out in of, foreign countries eating whale testicles. Uh, I did not. You were in the future. I was in the future, not eating whale testicles. Oh, um, thank God the future does not have best to make us eat whale testicles. I'm so thankful, thankful Corey for bringing us the truth from the future. Know, let's 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 um let's all embrace our options. You know, let's never let's never say never. Uh, he's the he's the de- defensive. Uh, are you quoting Justin Bieber? Right? Yeah, exactly. Is uh, Ariaga was the was like a six, right? Is that yeah? Is that- he's a defensive midfielder for um the Honduran national team. It's been basically this whole like qualifying cycle for the fall so far has pretty much started every match for them. Yeah. And we're, and, and it's looked really good. He was the one that like in the U S match um, was one of the few players in that like four, I think it was four, one when the U S yeah. had, like he was one of the few players that looked good for Honduras down the stretch. Are we, are we thinking like, you know, obviously this is a target as a, you know, it, as an Aussie replacement thinking that Aussie might not be back next season or, or, or I mean, who knows? Like he could be an Aussie replacement, or he could definitely be a Grey Goose replacement because it seems like Grey Goose is time here is done. Like especially yes, right. after last match. So I mean, right. he's, he's a holding midfielder. He plays a six. We 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 heard. I saw a tweet. Um, Andy, Andy Reader at the Pie Press basically mm-hmm. came out and said in, in a reply to in a in a thread that 
from what he understands, Gregus is gone after this season. Yeah. Um, what Which else? We gotta, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Navarro watch, but not that Navarro. I mean, we all love Dave Navarro, but it's not Dave Navarro. He's not coming to the club. He's not going to do tattoos and have the most perfect hair for us. But uh, I love no, it's uh, pilots. Rafael Navarro. Uh, he is a 20 year old, 21 year old from uh, Brazil. Uh, he's currently playing for Botafogo, which is Botafogo. Uh, what is it? Botafogo. Okay, I was close. It's like Fogo, uh, you know, like Fogo de Chao. Yeah. All right. He, he plays for them. They're uh, second division right now in Brazil. Um, they were. Yeah, they can't, I can't believe they got relegated. That was. They got relegated last year. Um, they after they're a big club, like they're one of yeah. the like the top five clubs, like popular clubs. So yeah, they're regulated. So. And he's a 21 year old. He's been doing pretty well for them. Uh, I mean, basically, he's uh, so far this season his uh, goal and assist per 90 is at about 0.7. So. You know, a little That's less than solid. one a game. Yeah. So he's looking, he's good and he's young. And I mean, both of these, I, I appreciate that. I mean, right now our backup striker and he's a striker, he's a center forward, but I mean, right now our backup striker is a, you know, we signed him three weeks ago and he's not good. He's tall and slow. Um, I, Fernando Adi, is I am good. in case you guys didn't know who I was talking about. So it'd be nice to have, um, you know, someone who is young, has pace. Uh, basically, he'd be behind Unu, which means it would be nice to him to like get acclimated and not suddenly be like, every time we bring a striker in, they are suddenly the starting striker and must perform immediately because none of our strikers have ever performed in the past like couple years. And so it, if he comes in, it would be nice to be able to bring him on gradually and just give him minutes, you know, come, you know, 30 minutes here and there, like, and, and the matches, like, I think it'd be a good signing. It's nice to see him looking at kind of young strikers like this. I, I I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, I mean, if these two are, are, are decent targets that we're actually, uh, considering making offers to, I mean, it, 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 it does as well in the aspect that we have Wea who just Wea and Kimiguchi who just who are about to finish their season with Sacramento and so and they've been looking decent. So have Kimiguchi come in whether center back or defensive midfield, you know, have a little bit more depth in that area, and then Patrick Wea who's been just you know, I mean he's a big body but much faster than I am Groot Adi. Um, but remind me, is this like this feels? pretty early in the season totally to start having targets for next season and that's that's kind of why i feel like this has a little bit more teeth to it in terms of a rumor just because it is really early but it also makes sense um because yeah. normally we're not even talking about potential transfers for another month yeah no and also the the, the thing too about uh navarro is that his contract is up the end of December. So if the team wants to get anything for him, they need to sell him relatively soon and yeah, or have him sign an extension or, you know, a contract extension, but whatever. So like, it makes sense that if they're looking to get somebody, they're going to do it soon. And if we could sort out the details and just sign them, you know, I mean, it'd be nice if we got my free transfer. I don't see that happening, but so. Yeah. 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 Cool. Mark, what is, um, what is the uh, value of each of these players that if you're aware of just, they're both in like, um, I mean, I, I, like again, you know, it's transfer market, funny money figures, but um, they're both in like the like two five to you know three million dollar range. Uh, so yeah, they're solid TAM bad. level players. Yeah. Which if we could bring in, I mean, you've seen what Frag, I mean, you've seen what we've done with Fragapani, who's a TAM level player. And so like, if we can bring in players of that quality level who are also young, um, it'd be great because we could definitely use some younger right. performing players who aren't just like bench players who are coming in like for like five, 10 minutes at a time who are actually like consistently contributing players who are young and kind of building up that. Yeah. We, 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 we I think, I think we're at the point now where, especially with where we're get where we're at this season in terms of maybe making the playoffs, like it's jury still out on that. And I think part of our roster build was we have to win now. And part of that was bringing in these slightly older, 
at their prime or just past their prime players. And I think we're starting, like we're seeing our average age creep up and up and up. Um, so I think at least targeting some players who are both have a decent amount of playing time and experience for their clubs, which are, you know, decently well-known to be able to bring them in and drop our average age down. And which means that they'll be able to play longer and they'll, but they also have benefited from being, you know, bona fide starters on their teams. I think it's going to be really important to do that. Yeah. And plus it also means that they're Minnesota is being pretty smart with their money. Cause like right now keeping a, having a, a DP not start and not play and just sit on the bench is not a very good use of resources in a salary capped league. And with the you know young money under twenty two rule, uh, for I mean Navarro at least like he'll fall into that. So that means if we sign him at twenty one, he'll be young money and not count toward the salary cap for a whole lot of anything until he's twenty five. So it's yeah. just smart too if you can get someone that could contribute early like that, do it, bring him in. And how does that how does that affect our international slot availability? Because I think like great like most of our international players. Like Gregush has his green card, so I don't think he he counts again against that. Like Boxy doesn't um, count against it. Uh, Metinair doesn't count against it anymore because they all I think they all got their green cards, right? Yeah, so, I haven't even looked up where we are, but I mean, honestly, like that all gets sorted out in the off season. Who knows, like what players are getting released and what's doing what? So I mean, who knows right. how many? We'll just send Colorado fifty thousand dollars of. of and we'll buy an international slot from people. We'll be like <laughs> into Miami and just buy international slots from everybody. Yeah, exactly. Phil Phil Neville keeps a bunch of those in his back pocket. That's and, right. Uh, and then and then criticizes the referees uh, for allowing him to do that. Um, let's let's move on and talk about this. Uh, this win at um, at Austin. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is, man, the Austin supporters are just killing it. At least their supporter section with their 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 drum line and their horn section. I would absolutely love to get like some some dirty brass band that's just like blasting in the in the wonder wall that would be kind of incredible uh so props to to austin for that but for one being coordinated enough to get that many horn players to play together and uh and um just keeping the vibe going so it, it definitely back in back in the, in the nasl days we had a brass section we got to get some more man i mean i think it was like two trumpets but it was if it's more than one it's a section <laughs> Two trumpets and a microphone. <laughs> Two trumpets and they didn't have a microphone. That is not where it's at. Um, let, let's talk about this lineup. I mean, it looks, for the most part, it looks like what our ideal starting 11 would be, what kind of we hoped for at the beginning of the season once we brought in all of our players. Get Tyler Miller in, in goal as usual. Boxel DeBossi as center backs. Metnair, Chase Gasper, all of that looks the same. Um, midfield, double pivot with... Hassani Dotson, Ozzy Alonso at the at the eight and six respectively, um, and then we got our front four, which hasn't. I think they've only played together like a hundred and some minutes yeah. together this season. It's not so even, yeah, not even two minutes. Two four I think the number I saw was like one seventy four or something like that. But basically, you have Robin Hood on the right, Reynoso at the ten, Fragapane on the left, and Adrian Unu up top. Um, how do we, how did we feel about that? I mean. Um, let you know we can. I don't think we need to go through it things minute by minute. But how did we feel about? Um, I guess let's start at the front and work our way backwards. How do we? How do we feel about our about our attack in this? Um, they looked. I mean, it's tough. To, like the first ten, just to start off the match, the first ten minutes were just rough. Like it, it was just just dumb turnover. Like I mean, Frank Pine had like two dumb turnovers like in our own half that led to like opportunities for them. Um, but all in all, like I was, it was pretty good. Like after that 10 minutes, they kind of turned it on. They had some, there was the, um, oh God, what was the, and I'm just completely blanking on like the, what happened. There was like a little tiki taki play that happened on the right side. It was beautiful. That went down. I forget exactly what time that was at, but it, yeah, like they looked good. Like they, if anything, they just looked rusty. Like they hadn't played with each other, which they haven't. They just kind of looked like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, and I don't know what training is like, but I don't, and assuming that with injuries, they have, if they haven't had a chance to play on the field together, they probably haven't had a chance to train together as well. And so they just, you could see where the runs were going. 
you could see the ideas that they were working on and the execution just wasn't quite there, but it was good. And the nice part is that like with, you know, five games left, if everyone can stay healthy and they can try to get something together, you saw a glimmer of what could be and what could be looked pretty good, at least in the beginning stages of, you know, in the, at least in the first half. What? Yeah. Go ahead, Rodrigo. No, I was just going to say it, it's, um, there's always either two teams that show up, right? And attacking wise, it's a team that rotates the ball to the left and back to the middle and back to the right, trying to find spaces. And there's a team that just is trying to look for a vertical way in and quick, quickly passing the ball and try to get through the defense. And that's the team that showed up the first, I want to say first 20 minutes, 20 minutes of the game. It was just, they were trying to find ways and trying to go at the defense, which is great. I mean, there is a, there's one point where um, a similar play was made and the ball was was uh, was uh, sent her back to the 18 with the new was there. It had more than enough time to try to do something with it and was close, right? But um, it was a deflection. But I think it's just, that's exactly what I've been asking for us to do more in a sense, like have either someone penetrate and just square the ball back out to the 18 and the 20 and then just have one take a shot from there. And have your, have your Unu that, um, prefers to be a, a, a delayed striker or a second striker, be standing there just getting the ball and just trying to wear mm-hmm. those in. I, I think that, you know, leading up to the goal, I think that that kind of play, I think, caters to Dotson a little bit more too because he is someone who's also crashing into the box with the attackers. He is an attack attacking-minded eight, at least in this scenario. And and it's one of the as we work our way back uh, through our lineup, you know, Hassani Dotson, 16th minute, ball comes in. Uh, Hassani gets the you know gets the ball in the box, does a quick spin, turns around and just fires that thing across the face of goal. Pragapani gets a hold of it, uh, gets a I think it was a, a like a deflection or a block, and then follows it up with a yeah. And and the lead up to it was even better, like because the lead up was Pragapani had like a kind of a poor back pass that just like he turned over and then he just like sprinted and got won the ball back, like right on top of their own 18 on, on right in front of Austin's uh, 18 yard box and then passed it off to Reynoso where Reynoso belt, like he had a great strike, which was coughed up by uh Suber. And then mm-hmm. that's when Dotson got the rebound and brought it in around. Like he kind of like, he was looking to go to goal. Uh, there was like four Austin players in his way. So he kind of spun around, went to the outside and then that's where he put the cross over to um, Fregapani, who kind of like did a one touch and like a toe poke kind of pass the goalkeeper to, for the goal. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's what I think, you know, one of the things that I noticed was, you know, Ozzy was definitely staying home a little bit more in this match, at least, at least to my eye, I was a little jet lagged and delirious, but you know, tell me if I was wrong there, but it definitely felt like Ozzy was, sitting as a as a true defensive minded six in front of that back line or as a, a a fifth member of that back line um which i think it allowed Dotson to get a little freer and play with with Reynoso and make runs into the box as need as you know as he needed um but he could go after the game a little bit with which i think suits his style um which, Rodrigo talk talk to me about the talk to me about that midfield I, I, it did, as you were mentioning it, right? It gives it gives Dotson that opportunity to to be part of the attack, but then what does is when we get dispossessed on the other side and 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 Dotson's ready making a commitment run, it, it truly exposes our our midfield. And one of the things that was um, we kept seeing a lot and a lot it was how easy Austin was able to bypass our midfield with you know with penetrating vertical passes, right? It was it wasn't you know. A pass to the side, or a pass. It was just direct passing. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know Dotson's running back, so I have space. I'm gonna just go ahead and just pass it to whoever, uh, to Cecilio, whoever is over there, uh, or Pochettino, you know, whoever is over there, just trying to, um, trying to get the ball and trying to get them quickly into an offensive-minded position, and it, it worked. I mean, our, our center backs, um, they they were working hard because they were trying to be able to figure out. How do we stop that transition, right? And that was a, that was the thing, right, Mark? Yeah, and also, I mean, Austin was smart about it too because, I mean, the last two matches, like, it kind of just shows you how important Will Trap is to our midfield because 
Dotson and Alonzo, they they just have not worked together. Like there's just something about it. Like there's uh Ozzy goes into Ozzy mode where he sits deep, and Dotson goes into Dotson mode where he pushes forward and just leaves so much such a gap. And you can tell that Will Trap is kind of like the in-between midfielder who is willing, who is able to fill that space a bit better. And Austin was smart about it. like what they were doing is they a lot of times they were just crashing the wings a bit, like you know, running vertically straight at like our like whether it was Metnair or Gasper. And then Ozzy was going down to help cover. But Dotson was kind of like still up a little bit. And so by you know, um uh Ozzy's transitioning down, it just opened up the top of the box and just made that area just wide open. And um zone 14, if you will. Yeah, it was yeah, it was just it was tough. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it, it would be great to have uh trap back, hopefully, uh, on Wednesday. Um, I don't I mean, honestly, like it'd be great not to have trap back actually, because you are still a worker and your wife had a baby and you should have more than a week of uh, paternity leave. So trap should be as gone for as long as he wants, but man, do we need him back? And also it speaks to the whole thing of like, I don't know what, I mean, Grey Goose has done to get in the doghouse. I don't know if it's just exactly Adrian Heath being like, you know what? There, we either need to sign Greg goes to an expensive contract extension, or we need to let him go at the end of the season. And if the decision is to let him go, then it makes more sense to play Dotson right now because Dotson is going to, will get the time to get the experience in there, which I kind of agree with. But at the same time, when Will Trap is out, you that I feel like Greg Goose and his ability to connect the midfield to the attack. Right. Uh, without over committing to the attack would have been really helpful in this situation and mm-hmm. to just not use it. I, I don't know. I, 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 Do I don't get it. And I, I, I mean, I kind of get it, but I, I mean, who, who knows it, it, there, there could be some obscure clause in his contract about a number of appearances and all that kind of stuff, which we've seen before with this team and how the team has had to ice out players because yeah, the dude's a DP. You're, you're, you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. I mean, and and honestly, and if that's the case, it's still very poor roster management because we're in a capped league. These are the players who don't count towards the salary cap, and you're not freaking playing them. Like exactly, right? I mean, there's there's, 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 there's frustration so many, there. There's so many like Bermuda Triangle conspiracy theories about <laughs> why why certain players just disappear from this team. Yeah. But if you if you look at if we look at the stats for the game, like, and just to like emphasize the fact that. We were making it easy for Austin. They had a total of nineteen shots, like we had twelve, and yeah. we ended up winning. Right? I mean, like it. This game felt like it was a gritty game, right? Like you walk away away with points. You you got to take that, but at the same time, it felt like we won, but like we shouldn't have won. Right? We should have I mean, lost. Like, I mean, it was one of those where like you're like Austin is a. Is is a, a team that can't find someone who can finish, and and Pochettino might be might be the answer because uh, him and uh, Fragapane actually played uh, on Tayeres together. Tayeres together, yeah. And so once he figures out how to play in this league, it's just it's it's going to be one of those things that, I mean, he was super close on some of those balls that 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 that, that, that were scary, and I think that's one of the things too. Is this game was like an anxiety driven game for the second half it was like you don't need like yeah. we've seen it collapse and we've seen it not collapse and not knowing what we were going to get i mean if you look at you know just on the on the uh what's it called the clearances right i mean we had 32 clearances <laughs> to to austin's nine 32 clearances yeah and the one thing too is like i was actually not unhappy with the win this weekend because I mean, Austin, I mean, they're, they're an expansion team. They've struggled. But the thing is, like, they started off the season, like the first two months of the season, they didn't play at home. And when they have played at home this year, they've played really well. They've been playing kind of the spoiler at home. And they've looked so much better at home versus on the, uh, on the road. And we came in, and it wasn't pretty, but we got the three points, and we held it down. We had some great saves by Tyler Miller. And it worked. Like I, I don't mind. Uh, 
I mean, any other situation, if it weren't in like the extreme hunt for a playoff spot right now, where we absolutely have to win going on the road and getting three points, it's pretty awesome because that does not happen in MLS all that often for any team uh, on a regular basis. So I was, I was, I was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with all of that. I do think you need to have those matches. I think we, we can, we can hold all these thoughts in our brains at the same time. And yes, we should have been better. Yes. Austin probably should have won. It should have probably had, they could have had three or four goals. Um, they had clear shots on goal. Um, I think our backline was throwing their bodies in front of in front of a lot of shots more than we've seen in the past. I was personally like kind of frustrated by how our backline looked in those moments where I think they were so eager to get in the way of shots that they sacrificed organization and they created more chaos than necessary. I feel like Ozzy and Chase specifically were just like, ooh, there's the ball. I'm gonna run after it and throw my body in front of it rather than being organized and that is part of the reasons that I think Austin was able to get so many shots off um, and why we had to have so many clearances rather than just interceptions. Um, so I think it was generally good. I do want to give one shout out to Ethan Finley, who absolutely had an absolutely oh yeah, beautiful stellar play um, in the second half where I don't even remember which Austin player it was, but he received the ball on the right wing, Meg, the guy turned around him and just like put on the afterburners and ran at goal and then squared it to Fragapane, who pulled an Alexi Gomez, and just like it, sh- uh, it should have sealed the deal for us. That, that was that a goal written all over it. I just don't know how you missed that, but at the same time, I do because we've seen it with Alexi Gomez. So yeah, no, and this was my dream because like the entire like all season, I was like, all right, um, you know, our starting eleven. I would like to have Lude on the right. And then just have Finley come in and run at tired legs. And Finley came in and he ran the fuck at those tired legs. Yeah. And it was awesome. And I loved it. And that's what I've really like. I, I realized, you know, that, the, you know, we need to be healthy. We, we whatever we had injuries happen, especially in a condensed season. But man, that was like the, the I, we had our ideal starting four. And then we were able to make a substitution where we have our ideal substitution come on and do exactly what he's supposed to do. Like there, like I said, there were glimpses of what things could look like when everything is clicking and everybody has some time together. And this felt like a look at that, how it was clicking and working when it was working. There were a lot of times where a defense and like, especially our our midfield where it was not working, but on that aspect, I really enjoyed what I enjoyed what I see, what I saw. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like, um, like a theme of a Hootie and the Blowfish song coming on. Oh no, it's gin blossoms. <laughs> time, time. <laughs> Honestly, that uh, that might of all the singles off of Hootie's Hootie and the Blowfish Crack Review. I think time might be the best single. Uh, I That's prefer. Save se- 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 for another podcast. Save for yeah, another podcast. Well, it will be for our nineteen ninety four uh, recap. Right. right. Uh, one thing I do I do like more seeing in the aspect of Fragapane. I like it more when he tucks in more into the midfield. I feel that when he's closer to Reynoso to combination, he just creates ha- he just creates just a bunch of opportunities for be able things yeah. to happen. And I think having Reynoso Anu and Lud and Fragapani in the sense of making those quick plays just really opens up a lot of space. And I, and I, so like I'm okay with him tucking in and then having Gasper push up and then Ozzy pull, go back down in that sense. Mm-hmm. It just it really shifts shifts in a sense the defense a little bit more as to they have to they have to account for what Fragapane is in order to be able to. And I think that's one of the things that I that I did enjoy. I also did enjoy when uh, Reynoso got the yellow card for excessive <laughs> VAR review request. I I don't think I've ever seen someone get a yellow card for an excessive uh, VAR like request, but. Uh, that was funny. I mean, I mean, he could have gotten he he. You could see that perhaps he the, the elbow of the other player when he was fouled might have touched his face, but the did back not touch had, him. Yeah. Well, I mean, we call that in 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 Comebol, We call that the Argentinian dive, which is just perfectly, you know. And also, as an actor, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, actor. Uh, that's a good good win. We'll take a road win over a not road win. Um, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with some match previews and uh, some questions. Oh! 
right, welcome back to the fifty-five-one podcast. Uh, let's 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 blow through these previews really quickly. We got a busy, busy twelve days ahead of us um, with a bunch of matches. I mean, there's more than twelve days left in the season, but uh, we got four really crucial matches coming up here uh, this Wednesday, October twentieth, uh, at Allianz Field, Minnesota United versus our second Eastern Conference co- uh, opponent of the season. Uh, Philadelphia Union, they are Phillies currently sitting third in the Eastern Conference of 46 points, unbeaten in MLS play since September 3rd, um, 11 of a possible 15 points in the last five matches. Philly is on a hot streak. Um, They're always a great team to play. I always look forward to watching Philly play. Um, So looking forward to that this Wednesday. Don't know who our starting lineup is going to be. Don't know how it's going to go. Don't know how many people are going to be in the stadium. but it's going to be a tough match. It's one of those where we kind of hoped at this point, the season playing an Eastern Co- Eastern conference team wouldn't matter to us that much, but at this point uh, we need to get all the points. We can oh, the points. Um, coming up on, on Saturday, the 23rd at 7 PM. Also at Allianz field, Minnesota United versus LAFC also going to be a huge match. Yeah. Um, uh, LAFC has a four match losing streak to close out September for four out of a possible 15 points in their last five matches. Um, you know, this is just the writings on the wall. Bob Bradley's going to be in Toronto next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Cincinnati. Know, or Cincinnati. Who knows? Uh, the the Balds need somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. Um, we have five remaining matches right now. Uh, Philadelphia on this Wednesday, LAFC on Saturday. Last five matches of the season. We have Philadelphia on Wednesday, LAFC on Saturday. At Vancouver, who won this last week uh, against Kansas City, I believe. They are sitting right behind us in the Western was, Conference. That was a good game. That was like, a great the game. The opportunities that, like Vancouver is scary. The Jom is, is a yeah. scary player. They, they're hitting the cylinders, and I just don't know. They are they are certainly show. they are certainly punching above their weight right weight right now. Last home match of the season against Kansas City, and then away at LA Galaxy. Basically, this is going to be not an easy stretch for us, and we need all the points we can get. Mark, do you want to? You uh you had some good info about strength of schedule compared to our opponents or the other uh, teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically we're going up against. I mean, the whole thing is we want to make sure that LAFC and Vancouver don't uh, basically take our final spot there. And the nice thing is that they they have a harder strength of schedule than we do. Um, as of last week, prior to this weekend, like um, the points per game that uh, for the teams that we're playing against was uh is one point four two. And uh, both uh, Vancouver and LAFC are closer to 1.6 as far as the points per game for the opponents they'll be playing. So at least they play a harder team. The tricky part for us going forward is that we have two of the harder um, away matches to play in. Like the travel to get to Vancouver and to LA sucks. And it's, it's way worse than traveling to, with time zone changes, way worse than traveling to you know, Kansas city or down to Texas where we've actually done really well in Texas this year. So um, that's going to be tricky. And especially if it comes down to us desperately needing, you know, points against, I mean, basically like the three of the last five teams we're playing LAFC, Vancouver and LA galaxy. They're all in the, this group of five teams vying for the final three playoff spots. And they're all within two points of each other. So you've got to, we have to take a win from at least LAFC or Vancouver to have a shot of maintaining our seventh spot. Right. And we have to win our home games. Like, yeah, exactly. it's, it all, that's all it is. Like we need to win all of our home games and at least one of our road games to kind of make sure that we're comfortably in the playoffs and not coming down to having to win with multiple goals to, um, in, LA against the galaxy on the, on decision. decision And and mathematically we're still not out of contention to host a home playoff game, but so many things have to go right. It's really like we're aiming for, you know, spots five through seven at this point, really we're, we're looking for that seven seed. Um, let's, let's move on to questions. It's, it's been a, it's been a good, good show. Um, Dan Mank, incredible Mankus. Any speculation as to what got Metnair ready to throw hands in Austin? I went back and watched that like quite a bit. Like, I, re, I rewound the whole thing back to the very beginning. And it's really interesting because like they, they kind of like, they all, they went up against each other for like a challenge as a stoppage of play. 
And Metnair was just kind of like walking backwards, like getting back into position. And I forget the guy from Austin, but like he was probably like 10 feet away and definitely like just turned and said something to him and just set him off. And he just like ran at him and like just started getting in his face. So I have no idea what Uh-oh. was said, but something was said. Metnair, but he he was also like pretty fired up against you know, our own back line as well. Uh, and, and I, and again, this kind of brings me back to, to my point earlier in the match recap, like the lack of organization, or you could call it just the willingness to throw your body at the ball. You know, I could see Debassi getting in front of Tyler Miller. Like they're not, you know, just to, to clear the ball or to get out of the way. It didn't seem that there was a ton of communication there. And I don't know how much of that was part of Metnair kind of throwing shade at the rest of the back line. Maybe we're reading into it much too much, but um, you know, between, between the, the Austin player and then just kind of how our back line, what the vibe looked like, you know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Metonier was in that, uh, in that uh, pancake of a, uh, who was, I forget what the player was, but he like literally just threw his leg up. Like he was going to chop someone in half right after the, the person shot. So like, it was, yeah. It was, you know, it, it, you know, he threw himself everywhere. I mean, but we also have to remember, Metanier is a very calm person. Like I've never seen him this upset over something. Yep. And it'd be, I'm sure we'll never find out what it is, right? But I'm yeah. hoping that it's, that if it is something that's punishable, it should be punishable, right? Yeah. Uh, it's because just, just I've never seen him this upset, and so like yeah. usually that means something's got to be like you know, talked about his mother or his children. Oh, I have no idea what else he could have been. But that, that was one of those things where like, I was like, why is he so upset? Like, it'd be really on it. It'd be really ironic if it was somebody from Austin, Texas, making fun of his man bun. He didn't, he didn't have the man bun. He, did. he doesn't have the man bun anymore. I know. Uh, but no, I mean, maybe like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like Metner is a big fan of some band and the guy's like, that band is garbage. And like, he's like, oh no, you didn't. He loves the proclaimers. Um, Matt Legas, uh, Trouble Flutter. What proof of alcohol should I watch these remaining matches to numb the feelings toward the inevitably poor and bizarre choices Heath is going to make? Uh, numbers don't go high enough. Uh, MJ. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I, I, I think I have, I have way more about this. Okay. I mean, it needs, it needs to be at least, a, like, if you're a whiskey drinker, it needs to be at least a solid bottle and bond. Like, you need at least 100 proof to make it palatable. But, I mean, the sweet spot is really... In the you know one ten to one twenty range, like a, a solid like um, old granddad one fourteen, or maybe even like you know a wild turkey rare breed. I think it comes in about one seventeen. Like those are perfect because it gives you enough uh, of the burn and the alcohol to know it's there, and that can go two ways. It either numbs the pain or it makes you feel so alive that you're like, Oh yes, I, I need this. So like, yeah, it, it keeps you going. And so like, I'm pretty sure that is the sweet spot is the 110 to 120 proof. All I know is I had one of the cloud hops, uh, like Minnesota football shoot football show. Um, make sure drinks with some of, uh, some of Eric Silverman, some of Benjamin's, uh, Eric Silverman's, uh, like apricots. And it like, it's like, it was like, 8.9 like alcohol like on a beer and so like it was i i was nice and buzzed and i had enough of whiskey to be able to be like either i will remember this game or i won't and if we lose we you know it doesn't matter because i had a good time but yeah it has to be at least a hunt it has to be at least a hunt minimum 110 uh mj says uh who knows wes's favorite color um i do i do and, and oh well, all right what's your what's your fanfic uh no i do that's I'm just answering the question. Oh, okay. I, so I know what's his favorite color. Okay. Right, so I do. So what's the fan pick? Well, I, I was gonna say Wes's favorite color can't be described by any language that we currently have on this earth. Oh um you kind of oh. it's a it's more of a feeling than it is a color. Okay. Um and I'm pretty yeah, it's, sure, it's, it's a shade sure it's that's also. best represented by the feeling of reading some classical Latin text. And you don't really understand what it is, but you just understand the beauty of it. So it's periwinkle is what you're saying. Um, yeah, either that or fuchsia, one of the two. Yeah, totally. I was gonna um, say it's like it's like a lime green, but not like in between like green and lime. Just it's like a, it's like a chartreuse, maybe. Maybe uh, yes. Um, but with a little bit of like a haze over top of it. 
Um, is Alex it's probably, just, it's probably just beige. Yeah. It's an European heritage. Uh, is Alex Schieffer De- Decker still on this pod? Yes, he's actually here right now. He just doesn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, Cristiano asks... He, he just uh, gives us thumbs up. He just goes, he's like, good job, guys. He's silent, yeah. gives us thumbs up. He's yeah, great. That's why we do Zoom video. Yeah. He just... Uh, Visually tells us what's going and, on, and he's and everyone whenever he can, he sends out uh, promotional tweets for for the pod when we need questions. So he's actually like that, like what's his name at the Rick from Walking Dead at the end of Love Actually, where he's just holding up the signs. <laughs> um, that's that's, <laughs> that, that's Sheever Dicker. Um, Cristiano says uh, Patreon Slack channel. I was given two tickets to the Loons versus Union match. It was a corporate partner giveaway on Wednesday with no intent on actually going, waiting on the stadium vax test policy. Apparently, they still had plenty of tickets left over and asked me if I wanted four more. And I said, yes, again, no intention of going. AITA, am I the asshole? Uh, what's the verdict? No, I mean, no, I think it's smart. It's fine. I mean, I no mean, one's, it's a midweek. I mean, there was nobody there for. Uh, Colorado game, really. The Colorado game. So, yeah, and this and a midweek game probably, where suddenly it goes from like seventy and eighty degree weather on like Monday and Tuesday to like fifty degree weather and on raining Wednesday, on Wednesday. Yeah. Like, there's gonna be nobody there. All right, everyone. Uh, I don't. I, what, what does Wes say at the end of this thing? Um, you're good you're, enough. No, what is it? You're sexy. You're, you're great. You're great. You're hot. Um, don't do drugs unless you want to. Um, live and let don't, die. Don't drink and drive because you might spill your drink. Don't don't do that. We are not professionals. Um, <laughs> all right, thank you, everybody. Uh, Wes will have a hell of a time editing this, mm-hmm. and um, you know we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>